0: Welcome back to the podcast today for Mr. Story's Class. Now, this is a big one to note. This one is going to be a little bit longer because there's just a ton of information that we need to break down here. And what we're gonna get into is how did we create our Constitution in the United States and what do we do to actually lead to that ratification? So the first thing we need to talk about is when they met. So they met in 1787 to come up with this idea where we are going to balance all of these different ideas. Between uh, natural rights, social contracts, separation of powers, checks and balances, and everybody's going to kind of come together and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen so these people are called the framers of the Constitution and it's basically a new a new group of people that are taking over it looks different than it did uh, in the olden days and how they were doing things you know you have younger people interested in making and setting up a way to create a new government for us. James Madison is only 42 when he sets all this up. You also have really young guys like Alexander Hamilton being 30 years old who is a, he's not the youngest guy there, but he's up there. And when all this is going on, you got to remember there's a lot of things that need to go. So at first The first thing they need to work on is, you know, basically how are they going to adopt rules? What are are they going to set all this up? I'm not going to jump into too much of that simply because I don't have the time to go into that. So you guys will have to read on that part of your own. All right, here is where the brilliance of our government comes in because our government is thrown out into two different plans. So the first plan is the Virginia plan. And here's what the Virginia plan says. We're going to have three separate branches, an executive, a legislative, and judicial. Uh, Congress can actually take control of individual states if there's like an extreme situation out there. Uh, Members of the lower house, there's going to be a two-house system like we have today, and members of the lower house are going to be elected by popular vote. And then representation in this lower house is going to be based on the population or the amount of money in taxes that each state gives to the central government. So you get more representation by play, by... By pay, paying into it, essentially. Um, as for the Senate, which they kept that same name, they would be chosen by the House and there are going to be suggestions given to them by somebody else. Uh, national executive and national judiciary is chosen by Congress and they would have a power to veto all congressional acts. So basically the Virginia plan, what they really wanted, they wanted the big states to have as much representation as possible. And their thought is, hey, we're bigger, so we should get – we should kind of get more say than anybody else. And now we have this second group that comes in, and they want to represent the smaller states. And this is called the New Jersey plan. And they're basically – going to say, let's look at our Articles of Confederation that we already have, and let's make changes. Let's not get rid of our entire government. Let's just make some changes to make things equal, all right? So we got, we're going to have Congress come in, and they're going to be not allowed to pass, to, excuse me, tax people. They are also going to be allowed to regulate trade between the states, kind of solve some of the issues that we talked about last time. Uh, each state is also going to be represented equally still, though, all right? They want one body of legislation and set it two and in that one body what they're going to do is you have equal representation so even if you're rhode island that has the population that is you know probably one percent based on the size of virginia well what they're going to do is they're going to have the same vote and so the big states look at this is that's not really fair but the big state Looks at, or I'm sorry, the big state says it's not fair. The little state is like, hey, we need to even out this playing field as much as we can. There is a federal executive. Again, it's going to be cho- it's going to be more than one person, and they're going to be chosen by Congress, and they can't be removed at the state of the state, or at the request of the state governors. The New Jersey plan wants a lot of power with the states and not a lot of power with uh, within the people. That takes us, so you have these two sides, butting heads, butting heads, butting heads, butting heads, and this is the beauty of our government in general. This is where all these debates are gonna go on, this is where all of these things are gonna happen, and basically our government is decided by a simple compromise. So two groups not fully agree, and they're gonna come to these compromises and say, okay, you get some things, I get some things, all right? So the first compromise is going to be known as the Connecticut Compromise or the Great Compromise, Compromise, excuse me. And the issue it's resolving is how should states be represented in this Congress? And what they decide is that we're going to have two houses. One house, everybody is represented equally, and that one actually has more power, and that's the Senate. And then in the House of Representatives, which is our smaller house, they are going to be based on population. So our population is based on you know, In Ohio, we have 16 representatives. Those 16 representatives are based on our population. population. <clears throat> uh, pros and cons of all of this. We are going to uh, kind of enable some of the small states to have a say and a creation of a strong consumption. All right, so our second major compromise that we're going to have to deal, and this is going to be a little bit of a sensitive topic because we're going to be dealing with slavery. And we haven't really gotten into slavery yet in the government. So this is gonna be, it's called the three-fifths compromise. And the issue is, how should we count slaves? This is a super offensive notion and it comes back to some of the problems we have uh, today. Basically, the South sits there and they say, we wanna count every slave as a full person because we have more slaves than we do citizens in these countries or in these states. So we want as much representatives as possible. The North says, wait a minute, you don't give them any rights, you don't pay them anything, they shouldn't count. So we shouldn't even count them at all when it comes to our population, and only the people who are considered citizens in your state should have to do this. So they come up with this compromise. And the compromise is that every slave is going to be counted as three-fifths of a person. Meaning every... African slave who was in the United States only counts as 60% of a human. We wanna talk about race problems in our country. It goes back to our founding fathers not having the courage to stand up and say, this is wrong. And instead they stood up and said, you know what? You're right, they're not real people in our eyes. They are only 60% of a person. When we talk about race issues and race problems, it stems back to here. And it's a huge push, and it's a huge distraction, and it's, it's honestly awful, and it's despicable. But it was the way of the world. I'm not excusing it. It was the way in which that people looked at it, though, and they decided that that was enough. So then that's one slave issue that we have to deal with. But how do we regulate you know, foreign trade? So we decide that Congress cannot tax the export of a good from any state or interfere with the slave trade for 20 years. So we are guaranteeing the slave trade for another 20 years. We are allowing slavery to continue until 20 years after this is ratified. Our country is based in this web of lies that we want freedom, but we don't want freedom for everybody. That's an important thing to understand in the, in the kind of this idea that we're trying to decolonize our classrooms and decolonize the way we think about things because people still look – people still have the mindset that that is the way it should be. Obviously, we are seeing a big change in our nation today in terms of race relations. But these issues stretch 250 years, and it's really hard to solve that problem overnight. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. We're going to get into our fight for our ratification. And basically what this is, ratification means approving of this new constitution. There's two sides of it. There's the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. Uh, federalists believe that basically the Articles of Confederation that we talked about last time, they are too weak and we need to scrap everything and basically start 100% fresh with a fresh republic. Our republic is a, type, is a representative democracy. They're essentially the same thing. We're just going to leave it at that. Okay, and that liberties could be included in a Bill of Rights, are covered in – they want a Bill of Rights. They want what freedoms do we have. But they think that the states should decide their own Bill of Rights. Now, anti-federalists believe that states uh, – they are upset that basically they are going to lose a lot of their power. And if we give the national government too much power, there's going to be big problems. We just came from this. And as we just came from this, we don't want to have to keep fighting these stupid wars and these stupid battles over everything else. So with that, they make this decision that they are going to – basically there's a debate. And what it comes down to is that you need your state legislation to ratify this, this constitution and say we are all good. All right, there are a ton of letters written out there called the Federalist Papers, and they are still available to you guys to read. There's also the Anti-Federalist Papers, and they're attacked, and they basically are trying to get everybody to uh, go through and vote. Well, on December 7th of 1787, the first state went through with their vote, and that state was Delaware, and they are the ones who passed our Constitution for the first time. They needed nine states to agree. All right, they needed nine states to agree and within 6 months they have received their nine states. New Hampshire was the ninth state that makes it all good. Several of these states were very very close, including Virginia. And in Virginia, uh there was just so many people in Virginia on both sides of it and with that he, ba- you know, we basically pushed to have all this. And then New York is going to be kind of the last key state they call it because New York was the deciding factor or one of the deciding factors. It gets them up to eleven, uh, and when it gets them up to eleven, it basically sets up this precedent of how we're gonna of how we're gonna run our government and that this is real. On uh, September thirteenth of seventeen eighty eight. Once they got to that number eleven to get the ratification process done. They started their government, and they did their first election, and a new Congress came in on March fourth, the seventy-nine, and on April sixth, we finally had our first real president. George Washington took over. He won unanimously, and John Adams took over as his vice president. And from there, that's going to actually end our first entire section. And from there, we will be jumping into looking at this constitution closely towards the end of next week. But before we can really get into that, I am going to have to throw a test to you guys. So next week is going to be a review, or part of next week is going to be a review on top of getting ready for this test so that we can be successful. Ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you are listening because this is a study outlet for you so you can listen to me whenever you need if I'm not available. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. It's a long weekend. This assignment is not going to be due until Friday. Or I'm sorry, that's the wrong day. This assignment is not going to be due until Tuesday. Do not come to school on Monday because we will not be here. Have a great rest of your day. I will talk to everyone soon.